A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And this is another one of my kind of updates that I'm calling them. 
They began with uh, looking at Ukraine, but I'm broadening out the update. We'll try to do as many as we can during the week um, in order to just look at the the ever-evolving nature of uh, international affairs uh, and contemporary politics. Um, and of course, the, the big news story in the world um, today is uh, Sunday's uh, victory of Emmanuel Macron in France uh, for the, the Fran French presidential election uh, against the uh, rival candidate Marine Le Pen. This is of huge significance. The fact that Macron as an incumbent has won again, um, as with many democratic countries the world over, uh, the French uh, electorate tends to punish incumbents. And um, Macron has, has seemed to uh, buck this trend. Secondly, he has triumphed over the Front National's candidate for a second time, Marine Le Pen. Um, and, and this, again, really needs to be unpacked, the significance of this and, and what this, this shows us. OK, um, so Macron, this um, uh, surprise candidate uh, from the uh, 2017 presidential election, who uh, and his on marsh um, program uh, managed to uh, uh, really come from, from politically from nowhere to defeat the established political parties um, a phenomenon which really showed how much the the, the center left and the, um, uh, the 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 left in general had decayed in France uh, since uh, the uh, since the the economic crisis the, the since two thousand and eight uh, and beforehand um, a phenomenon that we've seen throughout the uh, the rest of Europe I mean really it's largely the product of um, socialist parties uh, across Europe. Um, making uh, devil's bargains with uh, kind of neoliberal capital um, and uh, ultimately uh, losing anything that um, was recognisable as a left programme and alienating left voters and all, all that sort of thing. And Macron was the, the beneficiary of, of all of this. His own version of, um, sort of centrist politics, which is heavy on rhetoric and light on detail, uh, rather kind of Obama-esque um, kind of slogans of hope and change, where uh, ultimately he's, he's quite a conservative figure, uh, one who is more than happy to uh, mobilise uh, anti-Islamic racism when it suits him um, to uh, appeal to uh, French capital and banks uh, against the interests of, of uh, ordinary, the ordinary French working class. You know, your, your, your standard uh, centre-right European politician. And yet he's managed to defeat Le Pen. Um, Marine Le Pen, who um, became the leader of the Front National in 2011, she took over from her father, Jean-Marie Le Pen. Uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen, who in the early 2000s had led a series of kind of shock political upsets uh, to take this sort of fringe uh, fascist uh, movement uh, and bring it into um, it, it bring it into sort of electoral viability. I think it was 2002. He scored about uh, I think it was about 12 to 13 percent in the French presidential elections. Um, uh, the 
in 2011, when uh, Le Pen, Marine Le Pen, his daughter, took over, she uh, engaged in this uh, practice that, again, fascist parties around the world tend to do, this kind of gentrification. The British National Party in, in Great Britain, um, which uh, has uh, deep roots in, uh, and connections and origins in the National Front, uh, street fighting, racist, fascist organisation of the uh, 60s and 70s, um, began to try to uh, gentrify itself to have its um, uh, its representatives um, trying to use the language of mainstream politics, wear suits and that kind of thing. Well, uh, Marine Le Pen took things um, further. She, I don't think it's possible to treat any of this with any kind of great deal of, of credibility. She should be hugely, hugely sceptical of any fascist or supposedly former fascist party that begins to use the, the, the language of liberal democracy. But yet she threw the Holocaust deniers out of the party um, purely as a result of um, it, it kind of impacting uh, electability. Um, she began to dial down the overtly racist rhetoric, um, the more authoritarian uh, language of reintroducing the death penalty in France uh, was abandoned. and. Post Brexit, um, the, uh, the many many far right parties across Europe have harboured dreams of escaping from the European Union, um, and post Brexit, the uh, appetite for this in France, even in the most Eurosceptic parts of France, has dramatically dwindled because the rest of Europe has had a, a little taste of what. Um, what it looks like, and it's not very attractive at all. So post-Brexit, Marine Le Pen dropped the rhetoric of, of French exit from the European Union. Um, it's strongly suspected that had she become president, um, her strategy would have been to ally with countries like Viktor Orban's Hungary and to gradually... Uh, to stay within the um, European Union, the customs union and the single market and the euro uh, and the Schengen area, uh, and but gradually undermine the rule of law within the EU to allow um, whatever reactionary policy she would want to have introduced uh, into, um, into France. But fortunately, these things are not going to happen, at least not for another five years. Um, the the way in which uh, centrist um, commentators and politicians from around the world are talking about Macron's victory seems oddly reminiscent of the you know the character in the horror movie who assumes that the monster's being killed and is feeling all uh, a bit too cocky, and we, we know what happens to that character. Um, I think it's important to be very, very circumspect at this moment that a uh, an openly fascist party, even one that claims to have gentrified itself, scored, uh, you know, polled 42% in a French presidential election. This is the closest that we have come to an openly fascist leader. I mean, de Gaulle had his moments, in all fairness, um, coming uh, 
coming close to to power in 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 France. Um, irrespective of how well Macron actually did in the end, the one of the reasons for Macron doing well is because in the first round of voting, Mélenchon, the socialist candidate, uh, was defeated largely because a variety of other small socialist parties uh, fielded their candidates and uh, devoured one another's vote. Uh, Mélenchon directed his supporters to support Macron, to vote for Macron. So you have a left candidate saving the bacon of a, um, a centrist candidate to prevent a fascist candidate coming to power. Now, un unless Macron in the next five years can do what is required in order to appeal to those voters to create social policies that they will find attractive, then the chances of the same set of circumstances being repeated um, at the 2027 presidential election are looking less optimistic. Um, we have to be, I, I guess, glad, I mean, we, of course we have to be glad that we have not woken up to a fascist president in France. Um, one reason above all for that is that it would have presented Putin's Russia with an historic opportunity. The links between um, Putin's regime and the Front National in France are, are pretty open and explicit. There are um, clear, there's clear evidence of um, assistance, um, political and potentially financial there. Uh, Matteo Salvini in Italy, Nigel Farage in Great Britain, and a whole host of uh, other far-right characters across Europe um, have been um, huge, immensely outspoken over the last few years in their admiration for Vladimir Putin. Um, and this cannot be anything other than uh, orchestrated, financed, funded, uh, and um, uh, part of a, a kind of a, a, a projection of um, Putinist soft power. Uh, and to have a, um, a, a, a Putin supporter in France at this stage um, would have been nigh on catastrophic for the fortunes of Ukraine and for the unity of the European Union and a, a whole host of, uh, of other considerations. So uh, Western liberal democracy has had a very, very lucky escape. And what the uh, next five years hold is, is is an interesting question. Now, France itself has had a, a fascist movement since the end of the Second World War. Um, the Front National itself was founded by a French SS officer, uh, Pierre Bosquet, who served in the Waffen-SS Charlemagne Division. Um, the SS uh, recruited soldiers from all over occupied Europe. Um, there were Belgian, Danish, French um, uh, and Dutch um, SS units um, uh, who fought um, everywhere between um, 
Russia and all the way back to the Battle of Berlin. Uh, and Busquet himself um, was a, a prime example of how the kind of the afterlife of Nazism lingered on in, in, in sort of in often hidden ways across Europe. If you ever get the chance to read Tony Judd's amazing uh, essay um, from the Houses of the Dead, um, his, his argument is that uh, modern Europe is built on the ashes of the Holocaust uh, and that um, our modern historical memory um, is shaped by the, the experience of a mass uh, sort of um, complicit, uh, um, mass kind of complicity in the Holocaust across Europe. And France is, is no different. Uh, the, the Vichy regime in France uh, was a, a willing deporter of Jews to the Drancy transit camp and from there to the uh, uh, Reinhard camps in uh, Poland and Auschwitz-Birkenau where they were uh, murdered en masse. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the uh, connections between uh, the uh, legacy of um, Nazism and institutions like the Waffen-SS and European fascism is something that slightly sets European, um, uh, well, continental European fascism uh, apart from uh, British or, or American iterations of fascism. Um, there aren't really any in the uh, uh, various British fascist parties that have existed after the Second World War. There aren't, there isn't anyone that's really sort of served in the SS. That was um, kind of um, not not possible. Uh, so there is that direct lineage from Nazism all the way through to the Front National. This is what Maureen Le Pen has sought to distance herself from. The, the other strands of fascist thought um, in the post-war era, particularly Pujadism, are still very much kind of alive and well in uh, in French protest. Um, Pujadism was this kind of localism, this idea that uh, the the kind of the little guy, the the, the independent farmer, the trader, the uh, artisan, the 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 baker. Um, the the small bourgeois was under threat at the end uh, after the Second World War, not just from the the you know the the evils of socialism, um, but also from kind of American um, consumerism and mass culture. Um, and threatening to sweep away a greatly weakened France, um, and but the subtext to Pushadism was there was always a kind of a virulent anti-Semitism that ran through it all, saying you know the, it is these Jews that are responsible for our misfortune, not to kind of rather ignoring the fact that um, meant that France's Jews had declined immensely in number. Um, after having been denounced by the sorts of people that Pujad uh, had uh, saw as his his electoral base, so the, from this kind of rich tradition, which is also uh, mixed with um, a kind of virulent uh, Islamophobic hatred, uh, that's, that's a kind of a key part of uh, of French fascism. Uh, 
directed mainly against poor and working class uh, Algerians, Moroccans and Tunisians who um, came to work in France, the, these obviously former French um, colonies, um, come to work and live in France and live very often in the, in the, the kind of the roughest of the banlieue um, uh, estates which ring um, cities like, like Paris. Um, and there is this kind of view that um, these are, are non-French citizens, even though the way that French citizenship always worked, even when France had an empire, was that um, colonial subjects were citizens of, of, of France. Um, this kind of um, anti-Islamic, uh, this sort of anti-Islamic um, cultural uh, war, sort of warfare that, that that goes on, which was, you know, for for the avoidance of doubt, um, weaponized by Macron and by people like Nicolas Sarkozy, um, and all the way back to Jacques Chirac, um, these uh, centre ground, supposedly liberal. Um, politicians who are the the, um, the the kind of the the bulwark supposedly against the the fascism of Marine Le Pen um, are perfectly happy to engage in a little bit of racism when it when it suits them. Here's the blind spot. So. There are commentators around the world who breathe in this big sigh of relief, saying, oh, hurrah, you know, Macron is, uh, we've got the world of, not of, of Trump uh, and Putin, but a world of these wonderful figures like Macron, Biden and Zelensky are emerging. By the way, the majority of liberal commentators in the UK know absolutely nothing about Vladimir uh, Zelensky. Um, and I suspect are probably in for a rude awakening about him in the not too distant future. Not because I know something particularly insightful about him, but it's just normally the way when um, Western commentators put all their eggs in one particular basket and look at uh, some national leader who they approve of and make this kind of Manichaean division between light and dark, good and bad. Uh, they they often sell themselves a pup, and I suspect they're in for some sort of forthcoming disappointment. But I could be wrong. Um, this idea that this kind of new liberal centrist world is, is emerging, I think, is hugely premature. Um, the reason there is a reason why after 2008 uh, Britain and Europe and America and other first world countries have been through a series of uh, of these kind of convulsions and let's not forget that Turkey India uh, and other non first world countries um, have also these kind of BRIC countries, these rising countries, um, Brazil, for example, have also been through a series, a, a similar series of populist convulsions. And it's, you know, there are uh, many, many reasons for this. But if centrism, if this idea, this embrace of kind of liberal democracy, free markets, privatization, the whittling away of um, welfare states, the gradual erosion of pensions and all the things that tend to happen under, under, under the umbrella of neoliberalism, if that was so wildly popular, um, the reasons why we have had a period of um, right-wing populism that make no sense. It, 
might possibly be that um, populations uh, in democratic countries are starting to weary of right-wing populism. But that's to assume that people are generally looking at things in an internationalist perspective. You know, the, the reasons for one election going one way in France and another election going a different way in um, America or somewhere else are very often based around lo local factors. There is a, a kind of... Um, a, an anticipated downfall of Boris Johnson here in Great Britain, which looks at the moment more and more likely, much to the kind of the glee of those who voted Remain uh, and those who um, uh, traditionally uh, revile the Conservative Party, uh, but also the the the, the bulk of Conservative voters. Uh, appear to be wearying of the, the kind of the endless chaos and scandal that um, is, is kind of endemic within right-wing populism. You know, part of the whole strategy is to cause so much chaos that people can't can't remember one scandal after you know after the last one has dropped. Um, this may well have had its day, but you know again, let us not get ahead of ourselves. It's easy to become very premature about these these sorts of things. So here on on the update, um, we we are looking at a, a, a world situation which is very very fluid. I mean, as as it always is, but particularly at, at the moment. Um, um, I sense what this means for Ukraine is something quite fundamental. Um, there have been visits between um, Anthony Blinken, uh, Biden's foreign secretary, and whoever the defense secretary in America is at the moment, a, a, a clandestine or semi-clandestine visit to Ukraine in the last day or so. Um, and this um, can only be informed by the uh, victory of Macron in France, the, the the relief probably in the White House that we're not going to have a a, a, a French Trump um, uh, dancing to Putin's tune. And it looks like already the um, uh, the second wave of the Russian offensive uh, in the Donbass um, is not going very well. So uh, perhaps all this needs is the the, the, the mass inflow of more weapons from Europe in order to uh, turn Putin's dreams in Ukraine in, into a rout. I, I certainly think that that's what um, America and most European capitals are hoping for. Um, but the uh, failure to secure a reliable ally in, in France um, must be some, to some degree a setback for Putin. Um, or perhaps something he'd already factored in as as a long shot. Anyway, you know, the, we we do know that the man, despite what is said about him, uh, and the the kind of the, the attempt to portray him as some sort of deranged madman, is is anything but. He's he's quite a uh, a uh, an astute and calculating individual.
Anyway, we're going to finish there and I'll see if we can drop another update tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening and do check us out at explaininghistory.org. There's all sorts of resources and links to old episodes there uh, and other stuff, a bit of writing. Uh, and if you uh, can back the podcast on Patreon, that's always gratefully received. Um, and if not, just pass it on to someone that might find it interesting. Thanks very much. Take good care. All the rest. Bye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.